Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. So that, that's Nuke, and, and we know Nuke as this outside X receiver. He's been a force there his entire career. Um, Traylon Burks played outside about 80% of the time for the Tennessee Titans. But, Matt, you've brought up a great point that you actually feel like he profiles better as an inside wide receiver. The addition of Nuke Hopkins to Tennessee, how might that impact Traylon Burks? It's a great Man, it's a it's a it's a key question, I think, because and and I think the biggest thing is how are they going to line these two players up? Man, that that again to me is is the big key here because if you look at like one interesting wrinkle that I haven't seen enough people talk about is in not not only does Mike Vrabel have history with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, because he was coaching in Houston when Hopkins was playing there, um, he also, Hopkins, has history with the offensive coordinator in Tennessee, who's Tim Kelly, who used to be offensive coordinator for the Texans in mm-hmm. 2019, uh, when DeAndre Hopkins obviously had his last year there. And if you look at DeAndre Hopkins' alignment data in reception perception, uh, he had a 31.2% slot snap rate in 2019. That is the highest of any season that I've sampled, his lowest uh, rate of being outside um, he was still on the line of scrimmage a ton. He was still playing a good bit of X receiver. But again, that slot alignment was his highest. It's even higher than it was last year in Arizona when people pointed out like Cliff Kingsbury, you know, um, famously unflexible with his alignment, actually started getting <laughs> Hopkins right. a little bit of slot snap rates. And, and that first game back, especially I think it was against the Saints, Hopkins just went kind of nuts as a, as a slot receiver in that. And I think – that anytime we're looking at a veteran who might have some, you know, he's getting slower, he's losing some juice, moving him in the slot is kind of productive and a proactive way to get around some of those aging concerns. So I want to, I am going to file that away about Hopkins and his history with Tim Kelly here and playing a lot of slot receiver there. That yeah. might be a key, but yeah, if I knew if I knew where they were going to line up Burks and I knew where they were going to line up Hopkins right now, and this is easy to say, but I would feel so much better about Burks than, than I would, you know, thinking he's, I just don't think he can play X receiver in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I don't think he can play X receiver and win on a route by route basis and be consistent. Even if obviously he's a developing player, what we saw from Burks as a rookie, it just, he can run slant routes, 86.5% success rate. That's really good on slants. He can run crossing routes. He can run digs, 79.2% success rate. But 23rd percentile success rate versus man, 24th percentile success rate versus press. I just don't think we've seen enough from Burks to think that he can be a full-time starting X receiver. So I kind of want to see both of these guys do a little bit of slots stuff. The reality, though, is that I think – 
neither one of them will be a full-time slot receiver because this is still a team I think that's going to run out two tight ends. Chigo Conquo, who's a really exciting, you know, second-year tight end, he probably yep. needs to be more of like a move uh, tight end, like you know, more of a, a not a gadget player, but a guy that you want to get in space. I think that's yeah. going to really limit the amount of and you know. Her, They'll probably still play with a more traditional tight end as well because Chig is not a big guy. He's not going to be a big-time blocker. So I don't know, man. I'm, I I really would love to know who's going to be the flanker, who's going to be the slot, taking more slot snaps because it would make me feel a lot better about Traylon Burks. But I, I just think you can't spin this as anything but like a – yeah, that, if you think Burks was ready to be a wide receiver one based on what you saw from him as a rookie, I think you were – just you were wrong and i think the titans kind of confirmed that, that that yeah he's not ready to be that guy and they needed a real wide receiver one and whatever hopkins has left if he's the player that he was the last two years he's much more suited for that role than uh than Traylon burks is at this point well i think what i i like about the move too is the fact that let, let's get Traylon burks moving around the formation yeah. i think a little bit would probably be the right call last year he played again eight about 80 percent of his snaps were out wide that's probably just not enough uh, in terms of playing inside, right? Like they need to kick him inside just a bit more. Uh, this move certainly will help facilitate that. Um, if he's more of a 50-50 like flanker slot player, Matt, I think you would feel a lot better about that, right? New Hopkins yes. playing outside maybe like 80% of the time, maybe kicks inside 20% of the time. Um, but can they get can they get Traylon Burks moving around the formation? I just think he's a player – and his zone scores would tell you this too, is that he's not very good against zone coverage as well. Um, but you just need to get the guy in space, you know, and just yeah. let his big body move. Um, and if you can get him moving, that's pretty good. By the way, again, Derek Henry, uh, obviously a phenomenal athlete, generational type of athlete. And then Chico Conquo, who you mentioned, you know, 6'2", 240 pounds. This is a guy that ran a 4'5", 240 um, with a 35 and a half inch vertical that verts, you know, whatever, whatever's, but at four, five, two at two forty yes. is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, you turn on his Maryland tape too. And it's like, no, this, this, that's how they use this guy at Maryland. The Terrapins were throwing this guy, the ball as a move tight end, almost as a, a really as a wide receiver, you mm -hmm. know, as a matchup nightmare, um, for, for Maryland. So I'm just pointing out the fact that they've got some athletes now, and then you've got that veteran presence in Nuke. Matt, you asked me off the top, like, you know, how do I think his game is going to age? I think it's, look, I don't think he's ever really beaten guys with athleticism. It's not like he's a burner. Uh, nope. It's not like this guy jumps out the gym. Uh, he's not a huge body. He's just beating you with technique and, and just unbelievable hand-eye coordination. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that necessarily goes away as quickly uh, for a player uh, as speed does or as strength does. You know what I mean? So I think that's why when you say his his game's going to age pretty well, I would agree with you 100%, man. His hand-eye coordination is just unbelievable. The timing of his jumps is unbelievable. It's not that he's got a 40-inch vertical. It's just he knows exactly when to jump to get to the peak of his jump at the exact right time, and most guys don't know how to do that. So um, to me, I just think, you know, you talk about the hand-eye coordination and those type of things. His, his, his game will age gracefully, uh, Will Nuke Hopkins. And I think it will allow guys like Chig, like Traylon Burks, to just be more natural athletes, uh, catch the ball in space, and get out there and run. Yeah. 
I, you know, you don't ever compare prospects to Anquan Bolden. That drives me nuts when people do it during draft season because, like, mm-hmm. Anquan Bolden is much like your guy Deshaun Jackson, where I think he's just a one of one. And when people start, you know, throwing those like people comparing Jalen Hyatt to Deshaun Jackson this past year, uh, I, I, do, I do not no. think so. Um, <laughs> typically, whenever you see an Anquan Bolden comparison, it's like, right. yeah, draft analyst A likes player B. And but th- this player's slow and doesn't separate, so they'll be they'll just saying they're going to be Anquan Bolden, but uh, <laughs> that's usually how it goes. <laughs> However, I think in this instance, the Anquan Bolden yeah. comparison is um, pretty, pretty, pretty accurate, I think, pretty fitting. Bolden played until he was 36 years old. That's Again, another great. guy that was, was never based on athleticism or speed, or certainly once he got to like the Ravens in 2010, we sort of saw those drop off. Uh, but you know, you look at Anquan Bolden, you know, again, 800 yards, 800 yards, 900 yards, 2,000 yard seasons with the San Francisco 49ers in 13 and 14. And then I, by the way, I did not, I do not remember that Anquan Bolden played with the Detroit Lions in 2016. Um, forgot that that is a thing that, that happened. I, I don't remember that at all. that at all. But he had eight touchdowns on 95 targets. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Uh, allegedly, this is a team that that existed. Uh, Golden Tate uh, had 1,000 yards wow. on that team. Marvin, Your boy wow. Marvin Jones had 930 yards with that yeah. team. And then, yeah, Anquan Bolden in there That's with crazy. a team-high eight touchdowns um, that season on 95 targets when he was 36 years old, his last year That's playing crazy. football. And I feel like that's sort of again. That's why I think Hopkins thinks he's going to get to the market. You know, maybe with a contender in a like a like a can. He's like, I'm gonna I'll play with Patrick Holmes in two years when I'm still playing at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. By the way, uh, just in the last note on this, and and the fact I don't remember that Anquan Bolden played with the Detroit Lions in 2016. The one thing that is kind of funny about this Hopkins with the Tennessee signing is like. I mean, the laundry list of bad bets at the tail end of their career that the Tennessee Titans have made at the wide receiver position is <laughs> if I'm a Titans fan, that's what's got me like, oh, God, we're doing we're doing this again. Because, you know, obviously Robert Woods last year didn't work yep. out. Um, nope. Julio Jones the year before. Oof. famously Oof. did not work out. You know, Oof. Randy Moss played with this team uh, after the New England Patriots and it didn't work out. Um, you know, what was uh, – oh, um, who's another one that I'm forgetting? Oh, Andre Johnson played with – it's like, you know, the, 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 the Titans could field like a, a bunch of Hall of Famers in Titans jerseys and it's like, what? You know, a couple of years from now, it's going to be like, Julio Jones played that year in Tennessee. You know, we're going to be doing that on the podcast. Hopefully, if we're still doing this. So, um, yeah, I, hopefully this one goes a little bit better for Titans fans. But I do understand why there's some skeletons in the closet. I do think, though, that Newcastle, I think he showed a lot more uh, his last year before joining this Titans team than those other players that you had mentioned uh, who I thought were showing yeah. real signs of, of decline anyways. All right. So how about some other news here real quick uh, before we move on to um, talk about the player profiles for Devonte Adams and Amari Cooper. Uh, but Joe Mixon, he take a pay cut to stay with the Bengals uh, randomly. This is the first contract restructure in franchise history. According to beat reporter, Paul Denner of the, uh, of the athletic, that's a, a random note. Uh, but again, I, Joe Mixon is one of these guys that for whatever reason, he has a very strong online following, you know, he's just, but he's always been this up and down player. And to be honest with you, probably more down than up, you know, horrific efficiency last year, 3.9 yards per carry 
Uh, this despite seeing, you know, being on a team where you know you've got to respect the pass. You know what I mean? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon should have a run of the place but if he was a great player, but not to be the case, you know. Look, he saw loaded boxes on 20%, 27% of his carries. That's bottom third in the league in terms of loaded box percentage. His teammate Samaj P. Ryan was just a straight-up better runner than Joe Mixon Averaged 4.15 yards per carry on the season, again, versus 3.9 for Joe Mixon. This is what? This was the third out of six seasons, Matt. Three out of six seasons, he's been below 4.0 yards per carry. And I don't know, for whatever reason, people really feel like, uh, and especially going into last year, people really felt like Joe Mixon is like, was just ready to explode. I just have never seen that uh, in any of the, you know, the games that I've seen Joe Mixon run. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's one of these guys that younger me definitely would have fallen into this, uh, this thought process where I talk about this with like George Pickens, right? Where he's a guy that people say, Oh, he, he would have been, you know, one of the best, he was one of the best Georgia receivers, like the best Georgia receiver since AJ green. He was like the next AJ green, but he got hurt and he had off field stuff. And it's like, yeah, but that never happened. Like he never actually developed into that player on the field. And I think Joe Mixon was like this a guy at Oklahoma. He had legal issues. He had off field stuff. And then you sort of start to double count the talent, if that makes sense, where, mm-hmm. yeah, but if you just figured all that stuff out, he'd be a great player. Right. And I think that we kind of fall, we Royal, we fall into that trap with, with some like of these guys that have, a bit, well, I'll just call it wayward paths, right, to, to the NFL. Yeah. Um, now, I think that, you know, Mixon obviously different different than some of these other players. But, you know, he that's one thing to, to note, too, with Mixon, by the way, is like he might, you know, there's a chance he gets suspended because he has an outstanding oh, yeah. uh, 2023 uh, alleged, uh, yes. alleged aggravated menacing incident where um, – I think he like you know had a, he brandished a, a gun at a woman in downtown Cincinnati again allegedly all allegedly. this stuff he said allegedly 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 uh, so that's outstanding like I mentioned he has a, a past where he was suspended Oklahoma for with like a parking citation incident where he allegedly um, you know according to the report used his vehicle to intimidate an officer we know there's a video of him um, like punching, punching a woman him. in the face yeah so yeah. there there's a chance that he's not out of the suspension waters right that's a big thing to note in all this. And that's why I kind of like, I come back to the, it's the first contract restructure in franchise history. Uh, I don't know that this really counts as a restructure <laughs> because the Bengals have pretty much put out all off season. Like, yeah. Hey, how this is going to go is Mixon's either going to get cut or he's going to take a pay cut. There's really no, yep. but I think Mixon and his agent are out there now. Like, yeah, Mixon wants to finish his career with the Bengals. And the oh Super my God. Bowl and you get know, teammates have restructures. Seriously. The teammates have extensions coming up. Jamar Chase, Dia against us. No, I think they were just like, Stop. we're going to cut. Stop. Yeah. We're going to cut Joe Mixon. If, if he does, if, if, uh, if he doesn't take the pay cut. So I think this is more of a straight pay cut. And um, I, I'm not really sure. Like I, I do, I do understand the fantasy analysts out there who are saying like he's now kind of a value in drafts because he's been if you've been playing best ball like some of the uncertainty has been baked into his ADP whatever. But 
Um, I think you can get to a point where, nope. you, you know, you, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think you could take him in like the fourth round or something like that when he falls there. Um, but there's a, still a lot of risk here uh, for a back. Like you said, has been a little volatile. I don't necessarily think they have a guy just waiting in the wings to definitely take his job, but they at least have like guys they're excited about, like Trayvon Williams they've talked up. They took Chase yeah. Brown in the draft this year. so I like Chase Brown a lot. Yeah, yeah. These are names to know uh, if yeah. you're playing fantasy and like waiver wires and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really not sure. I, I don't think – I feel like fantasy Twitter the last couple of days took it as like open and shut case. We're now done with the Joe Mixon stuff. I'm not quite sure that we're totally done with it. But I do understand if he gets to a point in drafts, like you take you're taking a guy attached to the Bengals offense, you know, and that's yeah, that does tend to work out when you t- take a guy attached. <laughs> to the yeah, you you definitely when when facing run or you know thinking about running backs in fantasy, you definitely want to take lead backs on great offenses that generally will lead you down a pretty good path. The only problem is who's the lead back for reals in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Again, you mentioned the the possible suspension. Again, he's facing a misdemeanor gun charge for allegedly waving a gun, making threatening statements to a woman in a road rage incident. Um, you know, if found guilty, he faces up to 6 months in jail. I you and I both know that's probably not where it's going to end up. Uh maybe he pleads out. Who knows? I don't know, but um that's got to once that resolves, then the league can come in and say, "Okay, well, According to the stuff that we've seen here, you're going to face X, Y, and Z number of games in terms of suspension. Uh, you brought up Chase Brown out of Illinois. I really like this kid a lot. Um, not the biggest guy in the whole world. Five, nine and a half, 210 pounds. Um, certainly, you know, again, you'd like him to be, you know, in that 215 range to 220 range. That's fine. So he's a little bit on the smallish side, but not too much. Um, what I like about him is that, again, um, Showed, I thought, really, really good stuff on tape at Illinois. He ran a 4-4-3-40, and he's got a 40-inch vertical. I've always thought that the, the vertical uh, really belies short area quickness and burst, and that's what you see with Chase Brown when you pop on some Illinois stuff, man. Some real short area burst uh, for Brown. Uh, coming out of Illinois. So that's a guy that I, I've got penciled in uh, for fantasy purposes uh, and certainly will be one of the, uh, I think, most coveted handcuffs in fantasy coming up uh, in 2023 draft. So that's the one guy that I really like. I think Travion Williams is more of like a third down, you know, pass catching yeah. specialist. Uh, but this is a dude who can be an early down thumper and a pass catcher as well. Uh, great one cut running style does chase brown have so I, i'm really excited about him yep i name to know absolutely name to know all right uh, other news and notes here just uh one other one jack signed evan ingram to a three-year extension uh average uh, yearly salary about 14 million with 24 million guaranteed i just was, <laughs> i just was surprised honestly you know he's the sixth highest paid in per year money and fifth in guaranteed money among tight ends and I get it. Like he was productive last year, Matt, but I mean, are you honestly telling me Evan Ingram is a top five player at his position? Like I'm not buying that, you know, like he was productive. Sure. from a stat standpoint, but I'll just put it to you this way, man. If Evan Ingram hit the open market and the Jack said, nah, we're good. Like go ahead and get, you know, whatever contract you're going to go get. Does Evan Ingram approach anything remotely close to this contract at all 
Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I would say, though, at, at top five player at his position, I mean, who else is a top five tight end in the NFL right now? I mean, you know, obviously it goes Travis Kelsey, and then I think there's a, ga- a gap to, you know, the Mark Andrews, the TJ Hawkinson, the um, George Kittle tier, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, and then obviously I think it's kind of a bit of a wasteland after that, right? Um, you know, Darren but, Waller's but, still getting but a lot of money. Aaron, but that's what I mean. Evan Ingram's in that wasteland, in my opinion, right? You got Kelsey, Hawkinson, Kittle, Mark Andrews, and uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, let's say Darren Waller. Let's say you want to throw Darren yeah. Waller into the mix, even though he had a, a really down year last year, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say that's like somewhere in your top five. Oh, you're right. The, the rest of it's a wasteland, but it's like, would I rather have David and Joku or would I rather have Evan Ingram? I don't know. Uh, sure. Give me Njoku, I guess. Dallas Goddard, uh, you got to throw into the mix. Yeah, too, I think you know? Goddard's so, better than, yeah. I think yeah, Goddard's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for, for the Jags to kind of pony up this kind of cash for a player like this, who, again, <laughs> I just think is part of that tight end wasteland, like, I, I don't get it. But, you know, that, that they wanted continuity, so they overpaid. Yeah, I think they wanted continuity. And I think that this is an offense that, is predicated on a, having a, you know, a move tight end like this, right? You know, we've seen Doug right. Peterson's history at the position. You know, you mentioned Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia. Obviously, they paired him with Zach Ertz. Um, I think that that does matter a lot. It allows them to be pretty um, flexible because Ingram, I think, you know, even before like Kyle Pitts was the biggest talking point about it, like, is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Like Evan Ingram was actually doing a lot of like slot wide receiver things before yeah. he got in uh, Jason Garrett's offense. And it's like, oh, we'll just put Evan Ingram in the Jason Witten role. What could go wrong? Uh, about a hundred things Jason could go wrong. So uh, <laughs> there is that. And, and I, I feel like Ingram's a good fit here. You know, yeah, probably a little bit too much money, but Man, I do think you look at this offense on paper, and it is you got to say on paper because there's some risk here. But you know, you got yeah. Calvin Ridley as your number one X receiver, that looks good. You got Christian Kirk mm-hmm. as like a vertical slot receiver, that looks good. You know, and I think Christian mm-hmm. Kirk can play flanker as well. And, and then you get Evan Ingram as like your big sort of big slot, you know, move tight end type. I think, man, it, this offense just looks. Like, and Zay Jones is kind of a do it all you know, number three wide receiver, probably number, definitely number four in the passing target pecking order. This yeah. offense has a chance to be awesome and it has a chance ETN to be extra- running back and, and Travis Etienne, who's not the pass catcher that people think he is, but is a, a pretty explosive runner with some juice behind mm-hmm. him. It's, it's got, and obviously, I mean, Hey, the golden boy, Trevor Lawrence, I think is, is ready to take that leap as well. Like yeah. I think Lawrence can have a 5,000 yard passing season over 30 touchdowns. And I feel like, people are underrating a little bit how highly concentrated this pecking target pecking order can be between, you know, Calvin Ridley as number one and probably leading the team targets, Christian Kirk, not far behind at number two. And then Evan Ingram sort of in that like 70 to 80 range. And then yeah, Zay Jones being a little pesky with probably somewhere between like (laughs) around the 50, 60 range. And I don't think the ball's going to a lot of other players on this offense. I think Trevor's going to push it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really like the way the Jags set up to be both highly concentrated and highly effective if Ridley is who we think he could be uh, and, and everybody kind of comes back rolling with the momentum that they had last year. Yeah, and this is an offense that's on the upswing as well. 